Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. This podcast is sponsored by the Small Biz Thoughts technology community. Check us out at smallbizthoughts.org. Forms, templates, and checklists are just the start. Our community includes all of the best-selling books on managed services in all available formats, plus free training, members-only programs, and the best business training available to managed service providers anywhere. Plus, we have weekly live members-only Zoom calls. The average member saves more than 200% of their membership cost each year. We are totally dedicated to your success. Just because you're in business for yourself doesn't mean you have to go it alone. Join us today at smallbizthoughts.org. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Colin Knox, who is the founder and CEO of Gradient MSP. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. So uh, I, I don't know how you're best known, but I guess I would say you're best known for being the founder of Passportal. I think that's probably the most most notable item, yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, it was funny. I was at, I guess it was 2019. I was mm-hmm. at a conference in Chicago the day that Passportal announced that they were bought by SolarWinds. Yeah, absolutely. And both of those organizations were at that conference and the people from SolarWinds didn't know it was happening. It was only the people at the Passportal table that on day two put up this signage that said Solar Winds and all the people yeah. at the Solar Winds table were like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things. I, I bugged um, John Pagliuca, the, the president of Solar Winds MSP, but to be the CEO of Enable, said, I can't believe like we're announcing this on a day. It was on a Friday and I'm at a conference all weekend. I don't even get to just take off and celebrate, but uh, we had already committed, everything was in, but uh, yeah, it was kind of kind of fun to show up at the little booth area outside the elevators that morning and switch out the banners and stuff right in front of the elevator. So when everybody came up, they were like, what? So that was, that was fun. Yeah. So that was a weird weekend too, just because it, it snowed, as I recall, all day Saturday. Yeah. Uh, it was like April or something. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, mid-April, <laughs> late April, and it snowed and got kind of ugly there for a day. Anyway, so uh, so you did that. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, Thanks. And uh, But now you're on to something new. Uh, so tell us what is uh, Gradient MSP? Yeah, so we're kind of fueled with this this dream of, being an, one of the vendors and maybe one of the initial vendors that finds a way to impact the success of MSPs. There's been so many amazing products and technologies and whatnot brought together for MSPs to make them more efficient and you know deliver better services and automate things and track things better. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it's always been by either saving time or giving them more revenue by having something additional to sell. And at the premise of it, when I look at what 
made us most successful in the MSP that I had and ran, um, and even what helped you know foster a lot of the growth at Passportal was understanding the products that you had available to you and understanding the clients that you already had and being able to pair those two things together um, rather than always stacking something else on with the great unknown. And so we started thinking about how can we actually help MSPs become successful? And when we dug into kind of this derivation of what drives success, we realized that it's the decisions that an MSP makes as a new or long lasting business owner, as they're maturing into more of a business person. And it's the decisions that they're making that dictate their level of success or you know, their impedances. And as we look at how technology has grown and we look at how MSPs in the industry has grown, we recognize that the best way for us to impact those decisions to drive as, as strong success as possible is by impacting the decisions that are making and the data that's informing those decisions. Um, you know, when we when we look at the industry, there's tons of data out there, and even each MSP has a wealth of data available to them within their PSA and their big source of truth. But in many cases, it's it's hoarded either in a single system, a single ecosystem, or it's muddied with a bunch of data that's no longer relevant. So when I look at a report and I buy, you know, a data visualization or a BI tool to really take my business to the next level, the, the answers and metrics I'm getting out of those systems are only as good as the data that's feeding into them. And so if I'm being misguided on where my technician's time is actually being spent, if I'm being misguided on what I'm paying for a solution or you know, what I'm profiting on a solution, if I'm not understanding what our true opportunity pipeline or even what our true close rate are, it's really hard to decide what I should be doing or what I should be spending um, to hit that next you know, wave of what we're trying to do. So we came out and launched uh, today is the, um, I think it's the industry's first data hygiene module, which takes and connects to PSA of the MSP and analyzes the data across the PSA to make a recommendation to the level of confidence we have that that record is relevant to their business. And then in that recommendation, there's an associated cleaning action that should the MSP decide to accept our recommendation, will go off and perform that cleaning action in their PSA for them automatically and just start making some incremental improvement to the data that's feeding their business decisions. Okay. So uh, I'm assuming that all of our, <laughs> all of our listeners are technical enough to follow the conversation. So um, <clears throat> when you say that you're working with a PSA, so this could be yep. like the biggies, the like yep. solar winds, uh, ConnectWise Autotask. Most of us use those as hosted applications. So yep. you have an API that plugs into those things? Yep, yep. So we connect in with what the market has told us currently the most popular five. So we've got ConnectWise Managed, Data Autotask, SABMS, Synchro, and TigerPaw. Um, now we connect in via API, so there's no data export and import and all of this kind of confusing stuff. It's a simple, you know, quick setup connection. Um, we connect in, sync with the data, start the analysis, and then 
Um, for most of the remediative actions, we're able to do that automatically. Depending on the PSA, um, there's certain record types that the APIs just aren't available for certain actions. And so we just make that recommendation and then have them go and, and perform the action. So uh, I understand uh, that you, you can't get you can't get reports out if you haven't put the data in. Yeah. So do I need to change how I set up my PSA in the sense that right today I would buy a PSA and I would set it up and I want to get reports out about hours that technicians spent in the you know providing service. I want to yep. get reports out about tickets and how much how fast they were closed and so forth. And so I set up inputs so that I can generate the reports to get that information. Yep. So is there additional setup that I need to do to configure this? Uh, initially with it, no. We'll, we'll ingest regardless of, you know, the, the style or practice or configuration of the PSA and, and kind of it works agnostically and independent of how you use the PSA. As we're expanding into some other modules and as we work with our early access and beta group, we're building in mechanisms where we can detect what style of operating the, the business has and then, you know, kind of adapt to, to, you know, work alongside of that. I'd say when we look bigger picture to what we're building, um, you know, we, we consider and kind of label it as a data intelligence platform. And it's one thing for us to be able to clean, clean up and, and help better inform the decisions that an MSP is making based off the data they already have. It's a whole next level thing when we can start to make recommendations to their businesses of what they should be doing or how they should be performing based off of the data of all of their peers. Um, and so in, in this path to what we're calling data equality, you know, we're, we're looking for MSPs that are, are looking to contribute so that they can get back thousands or tens of thousands fold on this premise where if I understand the steps that were taken of the MSPs that have grown beyond me or at that next level, then that can help me get to that. Even better yet, if I can avoid the steps that those that took certain steps that had actually encumbered their growth and success, I want to be able to avoid those steps. Um, so right now I'd say, there's a lot of coaches and, and advice out there about best practices and much like everything IT with best practice, we always say tomato, tomato, right? There's a different approach and shift and yes, that could work. And there's been a lot of hypotheses about what best practice should be across operating styles, across business models, across how you configure and use your tools and things like that. And I think we're standing at this at, at the cusp of this opportunity where we can finally delineate and start to say, here's how the most successful MSPs have configured their PSAs, how they model their queues, how they staff their business, the solution stack of categories and offerings that they offer their clients, which bundles actually complement and level up the adoption of any individual service. And we can start to minimize and mitigate that guessing game that comes with running an MSP. You're one of those, you know, forefathers of MSP, Carl. Like I remember <laughs> when I think it was your first book you you wrote and released and we were at the Dallas, like one of the first HTG meetings ever. And we're all at the, at the, the 
beginning of this evolution that we saw. Um, but now we're able to all come together and pull this information together to feed that next generation to help. You know, we've seen the inspiration of the best in class. We've seen that inspiration of these companies that hit 5 million, 10 million and, and up. And we all dream of being there and wishing we had the answers of how to get there. And there's a lot of people that are coaching along the way, but I think there's this opportunity now where the MSPs can actually see what was done. They can actually see and be guided the path that, that they need to take. Um, and I think every MSP deserves that fighting chance to not only survive, but grow and capture as much of that next hundred billion in market opportunity that markets and market says is sitting there for MSPs to, to attack and get over the next few years, you know, let's give everybody that opportunity to do it and guide them towards it. So. Very good. So let's uh, take a quick break and make sure that people know uh, the website and how to get uh, more information about uh, Gradient. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a multitude of, of domains just in case people spell things different or want to go to different <laughs> places. But the main the main website is meetgradient.com. Um, if you're edgy and you want to go to kickassmsp.com, that'll take you to the same place. Nice. If you just want to go old school with gradientmsp.com, that'll get you there too. But, you know, we're, we're less about being and focusing on becoming a vendor for MSPs and more a guide and a, and a, you know, supporter for MSPs as we're trying to push this movement towards data equality. And we welcome anybody and everyone We're we're integrated, like we said, with the first five uh, PSAs now. We're adding another five over the next six-ish months, and we'll keep doing that until we run out of PSA solutions that MSPs use. So Great. So uh, so we'll put the uh, the link down in the notes below, uh, along with, I guess it must be Twitter feeds, the at uh, Meet Gradient and at uh, Reality Knox. Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, I want to talk about two different areas. So one, you mentioned data hygiene module. So yep. do you mean the example of data hygiene? Because I think about like, you know, open tickets that need to be closed and, and yep. you know, whatever. So <laughs> what's, the, what's the junk that you're trying to uh, clean up in there? So it's, it's, all of the in, it's all the data that's misinforming the reports that you're trying to read to understand your business. So we're, you know, there's, there's all of this service based information of configurations and everything else. And then there's how your business is actually performing. So when we look at records, so we, we scan across the kind of what we call the six core records of, of, of PSA. So we have accounts, whether that's your clients, prospects, companies you're doing business with, you have your contacts who are associated to those accounts, you have your contracts, you have your issue types, which is what all the tickets are created as. You have your services or your service items. That is everything you're billing for. And then you have your actual PSA users, which when we get lost in the busyness of running a, an MSP, it's unreal how many times lingering PSA accounts just sit there, whether it's from old APIs, whether it's from you know technicians that have come and gone or somebody that's moved departments and shouldn't have that same access. But... We look at those and then we, we use those, we use relationships and some metadata and associated types to help us understand if that's a relevant record still. Are you looking at reporting? So when you're trying to plan your next year and how you're gonna hit that next 100K, 500K, next million, 
are you looking at an opportunity pipeline that's being informed by prospects that are two years old, right? And those businesses might not even be in business anymore. And so you're trying to delineate this understanding of, well, this is how we're going to get there because this is our close rate and everything else. You know, are you chasing payments in your business and you're looking at your aging AR reports and this one client who you thought is a great client just isn't paying. And then you dig in and realize, Oh, because of all this amazing automation I've set up, we've been emailing a contact, the invoices, who hasn't even worked at that business for the last <laughs> year. No wonder they're not paying. Right. Right. Or you have your technicians that are out and, you know, you have to roll a truck and they go to an old office address because the technician that did the move for a client didn't update their address and accounting so, who got the information. Did how not do you know the data is bad? So, for example, uh, a client contact that, you know, she hasn't opened a ticket in a year. Is she just yep. happy or has she decided to go? Yeah. So it's say, <laughs> so there's a lot that? of, there's a lot of traits about each record type as you dig into the data that, that can start to illuminate if something is, is real or relevant or not. Right. You, you hit on one. Has there been any tickets for that person over the last year? Have they been attached to any ticket by any means? You know, have they um, had an opportunity associated with them? Has there been a ticket associated to the configuration that they're assigned to, right? There's all of these little bits of meta relationships that exist and, and correspond to them. Now, we go based off a confidence meter in our system to say, here's the, here's the records that we are uber confident are just garbage. And then we've got medium and low confidence. Um, what's really cool is we've built a learning system in behind it all so that as people and as MSPs are accepting and taking cleaning actions or ignoring or rejecting the recommendations, we're able to identify other traits within that data and find consistencies to say, hey, we've got a learning system now to understand why something maybe was ignored or refused and why other ones were accepted. So that over time, it becomes more and more intelligent in, you know, maybe one day we've got a system that you just plug in and it's like, you know, the Roomba of PSAs that it knows the whole house, it knows where to go, where not to go, what time to do it. And your floors are just always clean, right? Your PSA can always be clean. Um, so you've got the confidence in it, but it's going to take those early adopters to help feed and teach the system. And it's taking some of that initial data points to, to understand and, and uh, begin building that. Okay. So that's the hygiene piece. Uh, mm -hmm. In terms of the best practices, uh, you know, some of it is, do I have to have, for example, all of my offerings for my, let's say my three-tiered prices, do I have to have those well-defined in the PSA so that, for example, uh, a, a platinum contract includes the following elements, tick, tick, tick. Does all of that have to have detail in the PSA uh, for you to start analyzing whether or not my platinum plan compares to somebody else's platinum plan and you know what constitutes so, a best practice? Yeah, so I think it's going to be more clear over time. So what we are looking at initially is what services are MSPs offering? Based on the data that we see, which ones of those are bundled more often? And the system can start to identify what would essentially be the, you know, gold medal or gold, silver, bronze type offering 
Um, we can start to understand where and what is the most popular. We can start to see who's doing a la carte, who's not. And then we can look at trended history to see what performance looks like over time of those. So the goal being that we can come back and say, hey, you know, it doesn't look like you have a precious metal offering or a tiered offering plan based on what we understand about your business. Here's what would make more sense. You never know. The data may come back, Carl, and say, guess what? This whole precious metal offering bundling plan is garbage. The companies that are growing the fastest and seeing the most success are a la carte companies. Who knew, right? We don't know that. We all have our hypothesis right now. And we're teaching a system how to recognize what's what. Um, but I think we need to be students of the data at some point here and be able to understand what really is working, right? I mean, you and I have both been in this space for a long time, and I've heard a million arguments and case studies of where ad hoc break fix is actually outperforming and more sustainable than managed services. And I've heard the same and seen the same vice versa, right? Like there's all of this stuff. And, and as an industry that's trying to move together forward and, and is probably the most collaborative and cooperative industry that I've ever seen or been a part of, I think we owe it to ourselves to actually dig in and understand, right? How is the industry performing? What is actually working the best? Much like the dynamics of consumerism has shifted and evolved over time to, you know, in, in the B2C world, you look at how we consume things has changed completely. You look at shadow IT and how even a lot of businesses are starting to consume certain things has shifted, right? And, and all of this is falling on the laps of the MSPs. I think we've had a lot of really great concepts and there's been a lot of great things going on, but we've not now taken the time to collect all the data, start, start cleaning it up, looking at it and reading it to say, what story is this telling? This is really interesting now because now we know what would be in the best interest of this industry to really foster and move towards so that you've got your big four, big five companies who are investing so heavily in the success of this industry Imagine being able to have a greater voice, like raise your hand if you're an MSP that's called a vendor at any spend level and been ignored or been told we've never heard <laughs> that, or thanks, we'll take a look into that. Now imagine being able to submit things to these people on the backs of thousands of MSPs to say, this is what the market needs. This is what you, instead of you investing in all of these things and MDF or whatever else, maybe MDF's great, but you know what, take that money and put it here, right? And I bet that that's some of the data that these, that these major players are looking at now. You look at this new trend, if we want to call it, about all of a sudden service leadership gets acquired, then C-level operations gets acquired, and true methods gets acquired. These people are looking now at the, these major platforms are looking at the data. They're trying to better understand what the MSPs need. And if we can help foster that as a community by presenting data in a consumable format to them that says, this is the help that MSPs need. Now you can take your millions or tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in investments you're looking to put into this industry and direct it here for the maximum impact that you would get and that all the partners would get. So and that's the dream we've got. With statistics, do you need a thousand MSPs or do you need a thousand or whatever X number of MSPs over uh, one year, two year, three years? At what point yeah. do you begin to draw valid conclusions from the data? Yeah. So I would say we need at least a thousand MSPs to have a reasonable sample size to make any level of discernment. 
Now, I think what's interesting about the path that we've taken is with data hygiene, we're looking at all the data historically that you've got in your PSA. So we don't need you as an MSP on the system for two to three years for us to understand how you're performing. Much like any PSA today can look back and see how their partners are performing on their platform. We can take a look back and, and build backdated trends that show us, hey, when did you start selling a service? When did you stop selling a service? So you when could did you change the price say, on it? I'll bet you you raised your rates on you know Thursday the 14th. <laughs> exactly. And that either increased your adoption or decreased your adoption, right? Um, and, and so those are all the things that we can see. So we've got an amazing level of support from early adopters already. And we're already starting to recognize what the opportunity is here with this in how we've been able to show the path of certain things to MSPs, even as little as telling them, we're really high confidence that this account is irrelevant to you. And they're like, holy smokes, that's, I've got a contract with them. I haven't been billing them. Holy crap. And it's pure profit because they're not really submitting any support tickets to us but maybe I should be checking in with them. Maybe there's an opportunity I should be checking back at. So there's all these small um, things, but but there's a lot more that they're understanding as to, you know, wow, I didn't realize that this, that this service offering was underperforming as poorly as it was because it's bundled in with something. And you're, you've got maybe licenses sold of it, but not licenses used or deployed of it. Um, and so helping feed that, that, you know, intelligence and that engine um, is, is starting to really open some eyes here. And, and that's kind of the path that we want to go down is, is really illuminating what's happening in a business and what should be happening. You know, I, I said on our launch event this morning that been in almost two decades now in the MSP market, and I've seen a lot of it, it, evolutions and iterations. And, and I very keenly understand how the industry runs today, having been on both sides. But more than anything, I see how it could be run. And that's what excites me the most is the level of interest and, and good intentions that all the channel vendors have, the eagerness and keenness of every MSP to build a, you know, a viable, thriving, successful business and being able to pair those two things together so that both sides can hear each other, both sides can understand each other and both sides can understand themselves in a way that they haven't before. So um, with the uh, evolution of all of this stuff, I think most MSPs don't have degree in statistics. So Correct. what what is the, uh, the, the the dashboard of the future going to look like? Uh, since, you know, you're not going to look at probability yeah. statistics and, you know, various curves and this and that. Yeah. So said earlier, we're, we're in an industry that's full of business owners, but maybe not necessarily business people. And I appreciate that because I was there, right? I... I had no idea. Was a technician crawling under desks one minute, running a business the next. <laughs> and we bought, you know, BrightGage back in the day and we plugged and hooked it up. And I was like, wow, these are all really pretty cool dashboards. What the heck does it mean? Am I doing good? Am I not? What, what am I supposed to do? And so recognizing that, I think what our opportunity is and what this dashboard of the future is, is not a dashboard. It's your like clippy from Microsoft Word of old, it's Jarvis as a new age, you know, Marvel fan that just comes and says, hey, looks like you're trying to grow your MSP. Here's a template I've got for you to actually find success. 
And it's based off of not self-survey, self-assessment, anything that's been obfuscated by pride or bias or anything else, but strictly off the actual true performance of your peers and the steps that they took. That's what it looks like. Coming out and just saying, here's your recommended action and here's what your business looks like in a year if you take this action based off of you achieving the same you know, adoption rates and charging this and everything else to do so. Um, because to me, that eliminates that guessing game, that gives some predictability, and that also protects the MSP themselves from that ever being the dreamer of, if I offer this and I make five bucks a user a month and I've got 100 users I'm selling it to, there's 500 bucks a month. Sweet, 6K a year new added profit. Who doesn't want that, right? Reality is not every single client is going to adopt something. You're not going to see that. And, and they may adopt it, but how long is that going to take them? So being able to, to give the reality of, of what is going to happen to them and help level set that expectation, both good and bad. Don't go down that path because that's not going to be as worthwhile today as you might think it is. Instead, go this direction. So um, we're almost out of time, but is this something that an MSP could implement themselves or do they need a coach or do they need time with you guys or what's yeah so so i think the beauty of what we're doing is we accentuate everything that that msps already have and use right whether that's the psa product they're leveraging the data visualization solution and or all the way down to the msp coaches that they work with um for us it's it's simple it's a free solution hop in sign up connect up your psa and just see what what comes back and then make some of those incremental steps of of cleaning up the data and and you'll start to get better value out of the psa reporting you're doing today out of the msp coaching because they're going to have a better eye on how you're performing and what you're doing um and and it can just help help drive that forward i think um we're in a position where we don't want or need to have to onboard every single person onto our tool. They don't have the time to take a consultative approach all the time. It's feeding straight answers, straight information to them in a way that they can consume and understand it. Very cool. Uh, Colin Knox from Gradient MSP, and that's meetgradient.com. Thank you for joining us. Any final tips for the folks before we go? Oh, I I mean, you've, we've covered a lot. You've given a lot. I really appreciate for uh, being here. I think if MSPs and, and if any MSP listening feels that they deserve the access to the data and insights to, to improve their business, then jump on board and, and start participating in the program. You, you got, you know, nothing to lose but a cleaner PSA um, and, and start making some better decisions. Very good. All right. Thank you, sir. This has been yet another SMB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.